Now, while it is still daytime, it is always a good time for nightmares. It's always a good time for nightmares, people, because it's like, how do you avoid nightmares? How do you avoid sleep? The, you know, that was like a rhetorical question because you can't, but you know, in, 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 um, you know, in a timely fashion, I guess, because I should have did this yesterday. We have to first and foremost, give a happy belated shout out to Mr. Ken Sagos from, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, part three, the dream warriors. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street Four, the dream master. He was also in Rosewood and it wasn't until I looked him up, um, today, you know, to make sure that it was indeed his birthday yesterday. They said Rosewood was a part of his acting credits. And I forgot that he was in that movie. He played big baby. He, he checked out from what I remember. He died and he got burned up in the fire. I think it was like a house fire or some shit, but I remember he was ready to ride in that movie. He was like big baby going to shoot. That's all I remember from him in that movie and remember him dying he was kind of like that big bashful baby huey type of character but nonetheless man the guy celebrated his uh 57th birthday if i'm not mistaken 57 years young man the last of the elm street children is very much still alive out here and i love that man because you know it's a time where not only you know uh rappers are passing away but celebrity i mean just people in general man are just passing away tomorrow's not promised man so it's good to know that you know, uh, Ken Sagos, a.k.a. Roland Kincaid himself, the best character probably in this movie, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors, is still alive and well, man. So happy belated birthday to him. I really wish I could have got this done yesterday. But, um, you know, shit happens. Like I always say, you know, just ask Forrest Gump. Uh, I, I always use that reference. I should probably find a new one because I know it's getting tired as hell. But Dream Warriors, people, I've been wanting to do this commentary for a really long time man i think i set out to do this probably a month ago and i think i remember turning it off because i'm like it just doesn't feel right like it's for some reason i gotta feel the you know i, I have to feel it in my bones to do commentary for that particular movie that particular day and it just didn't feel like it was the right day for me to do commentary for dream wars as much as i love this movie um, I think the original Nightmare on Elm Street is the best in the series, but I feel like this is the best sequel. This is the sequel that, you know, it, there were so many different directions that this sequel was going to go in. And rest in peace, shout out to Wes Craven, because um, Wes Craven originally wrote the script for this movie. But they also brought in um, Bruce Wagner, Chuck Russell, who's also the director, and Frank Darabont to, you know, punch up the script. And I feel like they kind of toned it down a little bit because there's a there's a script uh online floating around somewhere I, I haven't read it yet but I, I heard that it's a lot darker Wes Craven's treatment for Nightmare 3 was a lot darker and I find it interesting that the fact that he strayed away from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 uh entirely but came back to uh, Dream Warriors I feel like he came back for a reason and there were certain things that he wanted to put in this movie that uh, you know probably Bob Shea in the studio wouldn't allow him to do but nonetheless man his his fingerprints are still on this movie I feel like man and, and that's that's um that's a really good, uh, you know, a, a sign of respect, uh, even though I feel like they did change around a lot of stuff. And, you know, shout out to Chuck Russell for making the best sequel in the series. And that's not the I got to be honest about the Nightmare on Elm Street series, people. I, I don't I don't full on hate any movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. It's really hard. I feel like the, le the, the least favorite for me, the absolute lamest one in the series is the remake. But. I still love Jackie Earl Haley and his intimidation factor in that movie. Um, so I don't hate it. I just, it, I strongly dislike 
the fact that that sequel was not what it should or that uh reboot rather was not what it should have been it should have been the best slasher reboot it should have been better than halloween reboot uh should have been better than friday 13th text chainsaw I mean, everything because of the the things they have to play around with the liberties that they have to take with this character of freddy krueger and just the dream realm and the effects and just imagination wise it, it could have been a lot more than what um more than what it was but you know chuck russell did the damn thing here man i love the characters i love that it takes place in a mental uh you know institution weston hills um and chuck russell is a he's like a fantasy guy himself man he directed the mask he directed eraser which i'm kind of starting to think is one of arnold's most underrated movies man i, I every time it's on tv um for the free ski of course because i'm not paying 15.99 for a movie that came out in like 92 or whenever that movie eraser came out but whenever it's on tv for some reason, I always click on it and watch it because I always want to go back and see Arnold Schwarzenegger and Vanessa Williams and James Caan in there. So Chuck Russell is definitely, while that movie was not a fantasy like The Mask or like this, there are some elements there where he really stretches. You know, he makes you turn your brain off for a little bit. But, you know, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's Chuck Russell. You can't blame him. Um, have to give credit to the guy for making this movie. Now, the cast here, Heather Langenkamp came back to play Nancy. And... Um, we're introduced to the last of the Elm Street children, uh, Patricia Arquette, who plays uh, uh, Kristen, who is one of the best female protagonists uh, in the entire series. You've got Ken Sagos, of course, who plays Kincaid, the best character in this movie. You've got, uh, oh, what's his name? Is it, uh, is it uh, don't tell me. Don't anybody tell me because I know y'all can't, but I'm thinking of it right now. Is it Rodney Eastman, who plays Joey, Jennifer Rubin, who plays, uh, oh, God, Taryn. And you've got a young Lawrence Fishburne in this movie, too, man. So the cast here is loaded uh, for the most part. I love the cast here, man. And I feel like if it's one takeaway uh, of this movie, it's the fact that when they do go into the dream realm together and they all have their powers together, they get separated. And I guess Freddy figures strength in numbers. He's not going to beat them like that. But I would have loved to I would have loved to see like a loser's club it chapter one type of moment where they just fuck freddy up they literally just jump him in like he's getting jumped into the crypts of the bloods or something and they just got him in a circle just whooping his ass taking turns whooping his ass with the dream powers this is one of the reasons why i feel like if you're going to reboot the nightmare on elm street series i'm cool with them bringing jackie or haley back but center it around the dream warriors storyline centered around that premise put these kids in weston hills show us everything that we didn't get a chance to see in the reboot and i feel like they'll be They'll be um, really well off, man. Now, this is no, you know, this is no director's cut, no extended scenes, no extended edition, no none of that shit. Um, just standardized theatrical run through. And I'm, of course, I'm saying that just in case y'all want to tune in, man, because y'all know if y'all tune in, y'all are the true to the reviews MVP. So another happy belated birthday shout out to Mr. Ken Sagos. His 57th birthday was yesterday. So big shout out to Mr. Kincaid there, man. I can't wait to... Um, you know, more so laugh at his parts on screen because Kincaid is, he's like, uh, he's almost like the voice of the people, you know, and it, it, it all it, to make matters even better. He's the token black guy in this movie. Uh, I don't, you know, you can't count Lawrence Fishburne, but Freddie's not after Lawrence Fishburne. So as far as the Elm Street kids, he's the token black guy and he makes it work, man. I just feel like they really did him dirty in, um, in the sequel after this Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master, which I did commentary for, you know, y'all can check that out. I, I think I'm slipping here with this series. This is a series that I'm kind of almost done. I think I've done commentary for the first Nightmare on Elm Street, um, part four and part five. So this will be, 
you know the fourth one and i'll make my way i also really have to do child's play commentary later on at some point people because it is alex vincent's birthday who played andy barkley in the child's play series it's his 40th birthday today so happy birthday shout out to him and i know somebody was telling me to do commentary for a c to chucky um bride of chucky and stuff like that but I, I really need to do a chucky movie that has alex vincent in it because it just dawned on me earlier this week i've never you know in the 300 plus episodes i've done i've never done an episode that was about or doing commentary for chucky and i feel like i'm i'm not being fair you know yeah it's a killer doll it's a silly premise but chucky is still amongst the horror icons that we know and love today man and he will forever be a staple so i would say that child's play commentary is coming either Either Cult of Chucky, Child's Play 1, or Child's Play 2. I, I, I don't know which one it's going to be, but it will be one, people. Um, no promises, but I will try my damnedest to get it out to y'all today. Now, um, without further ado, people, let's jump into this commentary for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. I will hit the play button in 3, 2, 1, because we already like eight minutes into this thing. I hate That's one thing I hate is like talking y'all heads off during the intro. I need like a shock collar. Sleep those little slices of death, how I loathe them. Edgar Allan Poe was a mean motherfucker with them quotes, man. I don't know why this volume sounds so weird to me. It sounds like it's not like what it should be. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. Oh, there it is. Love the intro, too, by the way, man. It almost made me want to get on, you know, when I was a kid, it made me want to build one of these houses. Like, we really, and it wasn't until, you know, me and my brother and sister saw this movie, when we didn't have glue in the house, we would use this, flour and water. Or whatever the fuck she was using it for. I'm, uh, no, she was, I think she was using it for paper mache, that's right. We actually used to make that in school. Uh, not not Elm Street houses, but we would make, um, you know, do the paper mache shit, but we would paint over it. We would put a balloon, blow up a balloon, and um, put the paper mache, you know, newspaper stuff over the balloon and color it red and green and make the earth and stuff like that. I keep forgetting John Saxon's in this movie, probably because they don't you know rest in peace shout out to john saxon as well they don't they don't do anything they don't do anything with his character i like the fact that he's kind of like this washed up security guard now he's not like the sheriff anymore but you know y'all know what i'm saying shout out kevin yeager i keep forgetting he did the um I think Kevin Yeager was behind, it's funny I mentioned Child's Play, he was behind some of the Child's Play effects too. Kevin Yeager, man, you gotta, um, gotta appreciate practical effects, man, nothing beats practical effects. Whoa, now that volume's working. Now, I'm going to say this, yo, and y'all going to be like, ew, that's nasty as shit. Like, you see how she just took a scoop of coffee in the spoon and ate it? 
it actually works. It's way more effective. For me personally, it works way better than an actual cup of coffee. Do not judge my life. She's like, Mom, but you produced this song. Brooke Bundy plays uh, Kristen's mother here, Elaine Parker. Wherever her mom was going or coming from, unless she just got dressed up to stay in the house, uh, I'm pretty sure they were going to do the cha-cha uh, wherever she was going, just based on her, her get-up. Kristen's bed frame is huge, by the way. I mean her, uh, you know, the head post. Headboard is what I meant to say. God damn it. I also, um, looking at that house she built, which is the Elm Street house, I think 1428 it is, address, um, this is one of, <laughs> not the main reason, but it's one of the reasons why I tell my daughter, um, every time she eats popsicles or ice cream or something, there's a little box, um, it's like a Dr. McStuffins box that I have her put all her popsicle sticks in, because I told her, one of these days, we'll figure out what we're going to build, and we'll build it. I'm sick of these goddamn, like, that's, you have to have it if you do another Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but it's like, I could go without the kids. I'm fucking tired of these kids. Like, they don't get tired of jumping rope, throwing that ball back and forth. They're not, it's no distance between them when they, when they even throw that ball back and forth. Stranger Danger, maybe What's you've heard place? of it. What is this place? See? Now of course this was Patricia Arquette pre Stigmata and True Romance. I think True Romance is one of my favorite movies that she was in. Alabama Whirly. I would love to see her back though. Like I would love to see um somebody somebody pointed this out. We were talking about like possibilities for uh reboots or sequels, like direct sequels, and somebody was like, yo, they should do a Dream Warrior sequel with the original cast. You know, make it seem like Joey, Kristen, and Kincaid never died. And I said, That is that's genius. I would love to see that. This is where it takes 
I'd have been like, take, take you off for what? She is awfully calm about this guy. Alright, alright. Now, obviously, that's a dummy she's running with because she just hit that little girl's head. <laughs> this part actually scared me when I was younger. Uh, when Freddy's, like, running towards her, hauling ass. Ugh. It's actually a nice little nod to the original when Nancy was walking up the steps and she couldn't. I love that. How Freddy kind of like does that Looney Tunes, let me get my balance when I turn the corner type of thing. The music for this movie is decent too. I, I should have shouted out whoever was the composer. Oh, I see you guys decided to hang around, huh? <laughs> Is this thing on? I'll be here all week, guys. Honest, I'm not gonna lie. This is this is how I used to wake up from nightmares. Like when you sit all the way upright and you just like stare into space, like oh shit, never going to sleep again. At least not after doing an edible. Mm, 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 mm. This is a fucked up scene, man. Freddy is foul for this. Pet Petty Kruger is what his fucking name should be. Because this was ridiculous. My man came out the sink. God, I oh I I'm telling y'all, slit wrists in movies, man. Man, this is bad to look at. Fatal Attraction when uh, Glenn Close slit her wrist. You know, she's like, "Why don't you come say goodbye nicely?" And she slit both her wrists. Um, ooh, I hate in the craft when Feruza Bulk slashes Robin Tunney's wrist, and then she 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 rubs, rubs her thumb across him, and then they start. Oh my God, they start bleeding even more. Oh, it's terrible. Lawrence Fishburne, ladies and gentlemen. And that's uh, Craig Watson, who plays uh, Neil. Jennifer Rubin. Jennifer Rubin, the, the role that sticks out to me for her, uh, I love her as Taryn in this movie, but she all, I always think of her in that movie, The Crush, where Alicia Silverstone, she was in the dark room developing pictures, and Alicia Silverstone stuck bees inside of there and sealed it off, and she got stung by all these bees and shit. There he is. The man, the myth. Ken Sagos. This bitch, man. Priscilla Pointer. Plays Elizabeth. I can't stand this, bro. She's just such a...
Ugh, one of my uh, elementary school teachers uh, reminds me of her. He's like, bingo, I got action. Get some attention. That, she slit her wrist. See, this is why I don't play with everybody else's kids, yo. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He's like, listen, this is succilicoline. You ever seen Exorcist 3? You won't feel a thing. Damn. She kicked the hell out of him. <laughs> Max was about to tee off. Yo, humble beginnings, man. Lawrence Fishburne was really in this movie. Now, when did when did this come out, man? This was uh eighty six, I think. Eighty seven. For Lawrence Fishburne, I think this was uh, pre Deep Cover. Hey, Nancy. I don't know where you've been for the last sequel or so, but it's good to see you. Way to defuse the situation. That's how you do it. Just finish up some crazed teen's lyrics and there you go. Now, am I tripping? Is Nancy's, you know, the, the X-Men rogue streak of hair. You know, she got, the, she got that streak of hair when she came out of her dream. Because I'm assuming that's how scared she was. But is the streak on a different side than it was in the first movie? Or is that still the same side? Because it's, it's on the, what's that, on the right side of her head in this movie? Wasn't it on the left side before? Mm. I don't know where he got the razors, but he cut off his own eyelids to stay awake. Oh, God. Shit. The kids up pretty badly. I w listen, this is one of the reasons why I would love the Dream Warriors reboot, because I would love to see that. One of the last of the Elm Street kids, I want to see that scene where he got so freaked out that he cut his own eyelids off just so he would stay awake. That's vicious. That's an aspect I would bring to it if I if I was in charge or had to say so. For a, a reboot, it's got to be centered on the Dream Warriors premise and setting. And I want to make sure that these kids, I want these kids to be like drug addicts, man, in the sense that they will literally do anything and get their hands on anything to stay awake. That'd be awesome. That was just uh, something that the kids say to keep the boogeyman away. Neil's like, yo, this bitch spitting. Now that nun there is actually um, Pee Wee Herman, uh, fresh off the set of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, when he dressed up as that nun. Of course I'm lying, that's Amanda Kruger. Nan Martin is the actress's name who plays Amanda Kruger. It's a different woman in um, in part five because they do bring her character back, but she's a lot younger. They show Amanda Kruger when she's given she when she's actually giving birth to Freddie, and they show that you know she was raped by 
a thousand maniacs. Because I sleepwalk. Perfectly normal event that our illustrious staff loves to theorize about endlessly. Brad Philip, man, Bradley Gregg, who plays Philip here, is one of the most underutilized, underrated characters in this entire movie. You'd be all right. <laughs> Kincaid is just so irritated right off the rip. Not gonna lie. Um, even though there's a there's a size difference there. I would cast in my Dream Warriors reboot, even though he's not a teenager. Uh, I would cast R.J. Kyler from uh, Power Rangers, White Boy Rick, Scream, Resurrection. I would cast him as Kincaid because they both kind of got that down south type of like almost almost southern draw to their to, to how they talk a little bit. Joey's like, man, swinging a miss again. Why does Joey have a? Joey was in jail apparently. He's got a teardrop tatted. Uh, I forgot. Does that mean you were in jail? Does that mean how many bodies you got? Like, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. I ain't about that life. She's like, and if you don't mind, I'm late for an appointment with my TV watching Sally Jesse Raphael. Or whatever the fuck is on in 1987. I'm not gonna lie, uh, Elaine Parker is loaded. Their crib is amazing. That is a beautiful house, man. It's like every room looks like a every room has a different theme going on. I don't know. There's really no consistency, but I do love the the structure of the house, though. Nonetheless. Nancy's super creeped out. Neil's on xvideos.com on that old ass computer. God damn, look how old that fucking computer is. Damn that! Oh my God! Neil's looking up all types of drugs. He's like, "Yo, I should get into this field, man." Pharmaceuticals. And I don't know if I mentioned this already. I do like that they brought back Hypnosil in um. In uh, Freddy versus Jason, and they said that that shit wasn't even approved yet by the FDA, which uh, surprisingly, I'm not sure how much truth it is to that news bulletin I saw. But uh, they said the FDA didn't even approve of the vaccines that people were giving out. But we gonna leave that. We gonna leave that for another episode. Maybe when I do like quarantine or 
Something like that. It'd have been better if they had um, the puppet Billy from Saul on that tricycle, but it would have been a couple years, bunch of years too early. He just came in like, hello, Kristen, I want to play a game. I hope they got the receipt for that bike. The, the slightest touch of room temperature made that shit melt. Now, do y'all, let me ask y'all a question out there, man. Do y'all ever have a reoccurring dream where you end up at the, you see how Kristen just keeps ending up at the Elm Street house? Do y'all ever have dreams like that where you keep ending up at, in the same place over and over and over? I don't, I don't think I have. Like back to back at least. I think that's pretty, uh, both strange and interesting. It's a fine line, though. Oh, Wilbur, don't do that. Do not. Nasty ass. I wonder how people reacted to that in the theater. Again, another practical effect. And followed by what's about to be another practical effect. One of the best practical effects in the movie is coming up, actually. I love how they just build these breakaway sets, man. I love it. The effects guys are just so invested in what they do. I, I really admire that. Damn. Yo. Listen, Freddy is fucking nuts, man. I know Michael Myers and Leatherface and Jason. Freddy's fucking crazy, man. Because he don't have no chill button at all. There's no fucking relax, no off switch. Like, he literally turned into a snake and tried to eat her. That I love that. When she falls through that chair like that. Yo, like, he's literally trying to eat this bro. Hmm. I love how the smoke comes out of his mouth like that, too, when he drops her. Damn. Now, let me ask y'all again. Have y'all ever gotten injured in a dream and woke up with the injury? Now, I, ha I don't think I've had cuts and shit like that. I'm not going to I'm not going to get all wild and say that's happened to me. But I swear to God, real talk. I had a dream that the, and literally the moment I woke up was when it happened. Somebody 
somebody grabbed my head and snapped my neck literally and as soon as they turned it and snapped it i woke right up cold sweat and everything and i'm telling y'all my neck was hurting really bad i don't know if it's the way i slept i don't know how to explain that but that's crazy No, Kristen. You're on drugs. He's real. Okay, group's in session. Straight talk only. Good scene right here with all the characters. Today I'd like to start getting us acquainted with our new staff member, Nancy Thompson. Let's make her all welcome. Now, you've already met Philip and Kincaid, and of course, Kristen. How about uh, the rest of you? She's like, yeah, we had the same dream and almost got murdered by Freddy Krueger. No big deal. How you guys do it? Hi, I'm Will Stanton, and um, I've had a little accident. Damn, Will's making me want to take my damn glasses off right now because them jaws, <laughs> them jaws, got the Ben Frank jaws. Ira Hayden, by the way, is uh, the one that plays Will. Oh yeah, and Penelope Sudro. I didn't say I didn't say her name either. Who plays Jennifer right here? King K just shitting on everybody. I wish they got into why Joey didn't talk much. I love that look Taryn gives uh, Nancy. She looks at her like, yo, don't you fucking like, get out of my head, bitch. Don't you read my mind. It's just a bad dream. Trust me. The fact that we all dreamt about this guy before we ever met doesn't seem to impress anybody. That's right. So we go in circles, making minimal progress with maximum effort. Philip, man, he he's dropping them gems. That was a good scene. Tell me what's supposed to be happening again. And also, if I did a reboot, I would um, I would spend a lot more time having scenes like that with all the characters. You know, I know it's only but so many times you can have all the characters in there because it's like a balancing act. But the moments like that are 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 really appreciated. These kids getting cigarettes from <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Excuse me, people. Where are these where are they getting cigarettes from? Taryn's got one, Jennifer's got a bunch. Jennifer even said in the beginning, she's like, When do I get my cigarette privileges back? I don't even know why I said cigarette the same way she did. She put a lot of emphasis on that ret. <laughs> he should have just threw <laughs> He should have just threw Will out of the bed. Like, shut the fuck up, man. 
Max is the shit, man. Max is like, I had a math teacher in high school that was as cool as Max, and it's just like you wish he was around for that for everything, pretty much. I'm telling y'all now, if, if I start sneezing a lot during this commentary, I apologize in advance because the pollen, I'm telling y'all, is getting stronger and stronger out here. There are people that that drive their cars covered in pollen. I'm fucking understanding. Well, shit, how old is Neil? Did she? My father and I. Um, she died in she her bed, not her sleep, though. Don't lie, Nancy. He's like, well, I know Elizabeth is quite a piece of work on these kids. And I can almost damn well guarantee that the rest of their dinner date was in awkward silence after that. Because it's like, how do you follow up the conversation? He's like, I'm sorry, Nancy, but the answer is no. She pulled out the chopsticks all pissed off. And he's just like, so uh, you mad at me or? Oh, Freddy, this is probably the best scene in the entire movie. I just hate that. Like nowadays, I just hate that it happened to such an underrated character. In uh, Philip, stop motion, but that ass. I, I like it though. I like how the Freddy puppet looks. Looks dope. Ugh. He's like, no, 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 shh, 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 shh. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Shut the fuck up. Damn it, man. And he got him by his handicap. You know, he told Nancy, I sleepwalk. And he looks like he's in so much pain, yo. God damn it. Ugh. This this is fucking insane, yo. Oh, round nigga feet. Oh no, no, not them feets. 
Not the toesies and feets, man. Please. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, his feet. The hands was one thing, man, but his feet. Jesus Christ. Joey, like, get your ass up, bruh. And see what I see. I love this scene too, even though it's sad because it's the best scene in the movie as far as a nightmare sequence goes. And it's sad because of what's going on with Philip. But I love that Joey is he, he takes the tray and he slams it on the door and wake everybody up. And they all know what's up. He's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> He's like, y'all better wake your asses up. <laughs> they all just haul ass together. I love it. It's so, oh man, I just got goosebumps because this scene is insane, yo. Oh. God, yo, Freddy, why? Shit. I mean, if we get a big ass spatula, we could, we could scrape them. No? Alright, never mind. It's bad timing. It's too soon. Sorry. He wasn't strong enough, so he got wasted. That's all. That's all. Is that what you think? He couldn't hack it, so he got nailed. Period. Oh yeah. Big tough badass. How long were you gonna last? I'm gonna last longer than any of I love how they're talking about Freddy, but the adults think that you know, Neil and um, Elizabeth think that they're just talking crazy. They're talking about, yo, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't, you know, stay awake or not, you know. You get what I'm saying. Freddie's wiping us out one by one. And Philip, he's, Kincaid's like, yo, he couldn't hack it. Joey's like, fuck you, bro. You don't know what you're talking about. You did not see what I saw. Can't get about to freak out. Damn. Like, listen, don't don't make this difficult. <laughs> yeah, that's trying to put every toddler to sleep. You know what I'm saying? There are moments where I, I I tell my daughter to go to sleep and she'll just be flipping around in the bed and shit. I don't want to go to sleep. Nothing. They're my patients. It's my decision. I want these dreams stopped. 
Oh, now, now you want him stopped? I can't allow that. Then I'll go straight to Carver if I have to, and he'll either back me up or accept my resignation. All right. Uh, now, let me, let me, uh... Elizabeth is such a bitchy character, man. She said we'll start a policy of evening sedation for everyone. The fuck type time you on? Neil has no clue, man. And he stay he stay talking heavy like he understand. Sing it, Kincaid. Ken Sagos in that scene kind of looked like uh, Sh Sh Sharon Corley. Is that his name? From uh, New Jersey Drive and The Substitute. You know what? I agree 100% because that's what I used to tell people all the time. I mean, I love movies, but there got, I got to a certain point in my life where I, I was like, you know what, I, a lot of these movies I've seen, but a lot of them I'm watching over again for research. And lo and behold, here we are, people. Podcasting. She says she wants to be on TV. I'm not much of an actor, but I mean, I would do it, but. And I love how cool Max is in the scene. He's just like, listen, I never saw you. Cause I ain't losing my job for your crazy ass putting cigarettes out on your wrist and shit. You motherfuckers too weird for me. And I hate this little greaseball ass motherfucker. I can't stand this dude. He's only in like two, three scenes. Can't be good news coming from you. So, so, got the keys to heaven, baby. What? The dispensary. I am talking clean pharmaceutical eyes. Creep ass name. Stay out of my face, or I'll go straight to Max. Yeah. Now who's gonna take the word of a crazy junkie chick like you? Fuck off! Nobody could hear that? Piece of shit. Freddy should have went after him just for GP, but they cut from the same cloth. They like young girls and shit. Pieces of shit. I mean, that depends on which Freddy you want to, you know, what, however you want to look at Freddy's background, because he was a child murderer, but they didn't introduce, like, the pedophilia thing until uh, the reboot in 2010, but Freddy, even in Freddy vs. Jason, the way he licks, he licks the shit out that picture of the girl and puts it in the photo album, the one that he just killed, he was touching them kids. Freddy ain't shit. Love the character, but he ain't shit. Zsa Gabor and uh, Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett makes me want to watch Beetlejuice. 
did commentary for that if y'all want to check it out. But he's like, Delia, you are a flake. You have always been a flake. <laughs> he's like, he said, "Shut the ass up." And Jaja Gabor always think of her when she was on Fresh Prince. She's like, "Please, no pictures." He said, "Who gives a fuck what you think?" <laughs> Freddie was my spirit animal in that in that one moment right there. That's what I be wanting to tell people. Like when they comment with these long ass opinions on my post that I'm already opinionated about. It's like, who gives a fuck what you think? No. This is a really good effect, too. Classic as fuck, too. Max is looking like, yo, VH1 will do that to you, man. <laughs> it's like that fucking love and hip-hop marathon just just got the best of her. She couldn't take it anymore. That was the only channel they had in that in that uh, TV room was, v- was VH1. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And no diss to anybody or love and hip-hop, man. I'm just saying it's overwhelming at times. I mean, years and years and years ago, I used to watch it for like just the eye candy until all the chicks just started like you got to see where their mo- where their VH1 money was going. It was going to their tits, their ass, their plastic surgery, their, you know, skin lightening products. I'm just like, nah, couldn't deal with it. Sister Mary Clarence. Speaking of nuns and the fact that I said Sister Mary Clarence, did y'all hear that they're doing a fucking Sister Act 3? Uh, it's in the works right now, and Tyler Perry's producing it. Whoopi Goldberg's supposed to be producing it. I'm not sure if she's starring, but I said absolutely not. Um, absolutely not, because Sister Act 2, usually I say, if you do a part 2, you gotta do a part 3 and wrap up a, wrap up a trilogy, but in that case, no. You're not gonna get better than the soulful feel and sounds of Sister Act 2. It's, it, it's not gonna happen. Myself. Who? What's really eerie about that is um. Damn, Neil balling too. He got fireplace in his crib. Or are they? Are they at Nancy's crib? But um. What's really eerie about that is, oh no, that's Nancy's crib. What's eerie about that scene, that cemetery scene at uh, Jennifer's funeral, was the fact that I think they're all buried in that cemetery at some point in part four. Because when Kristen dies, you see Kincaid's um, tombstone, you see Joey's tombstone, you see uh, uh, Donald Thompson, who's Nancy's father's tombstone. Like you see everybody's too. They're all buried in that cemetery together. It's really, is really eerie. No, you're not. You ain't shit. 
walks out of a high security ward. The girl alone in the room dies. I can't believe this is happening. Nothing makes any sense. I actually really like that line right there. Put aside everything that you, you know, it's like, forget what, for fuck what you know. All this uh, dream shit, this therapy shit that you've learned all this time ain't got nothing on what I experienced in 84. <laughs> Neil wants to fuck her so bad. He's just, he's just co-signing everything. Like, how do you know what I know that you know that I don't? His name is Freddy Krueger. He was a child murderer before he died. And after he died, well, he became something worse. Gotta have this exposition scene, by the way. Like, don't you start your shit, Taryn. But I love, um, I, I love that line. That I feel like that should be a fan film title. Uh, the Last of the Elm Street Children. Because it's such a, there's such an urgency behind that line. You are the last of the Elm Street Children. There's like, it's just like, yo. So we have to survive. I'm not gonna lie, do y'all have that? I don't know if everybody can do it in their dreams, but I glide. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm gonna keep it a bean since uh we're a dr this is a dream movie and dream topic bound shit. So yeah, like I swear to God, no bullshit. I glide. Like if I try to jump over something, I literally will glide. It's kind of scary at times, and I'll make myself wake up. Cause I, I have certain control over my dreams and shit. I, I, let me stop dropping gems. I ain't the dream master or nothing like that. I could have probably been a dream warrior back in the day when I was a little younger. But, um, yeah, I don't want y'all to tell nobody what I just said. All right. Just only the people that are on all these platforms that listen to this podcast. I want that pendulum, too. I really want that pendulum.
Oh, I'm sorry. Was I was that was I falling asleep? Was I did Neil get me too? Damn. That quiet room ain't no joke, boy. <laughs> What's crazy is they don't even know that they're asleep right now. I love this shit. Joey's like, oh, I will finally get me some of that. She looks like a um, like an 80s old head type chick. Not necessarily a nurse in every 80s movie, but. Now, how many people in the theater knew that he was dreaming at this point? I know this sounds crazy, but I make up excuses to come into the ward every day just to see you. You're so cute. I mean, it's not uh, it's not uncommon, you know, Florence Nightingale shit, nurse patients type stuff. Not to mention the old heads love young boys. But, you know, on the flip side of that, they would be like, oh, well, why is it a double standard for an older woman to talk to a younger guy? Hashtag Me Too movement. I mean, tweets their own. I don't get involved. You could have done better than that, bro. They all should start laughing like, ha, like, for real, you know what? Damn, yo, stop playing. No, for real. What's your dream power? <laughs> That's what they should have did to fucking... Oh, man. The wizard master. Right. It's like when she get dressed and go to the beautician and get knives. She does look badass though. Crazy thing is the way that they look uh, in that scene right there. They don't look anything like that on the front cover of the movie. Ah, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying. And we get our what is that? Second pair of titties in the series. I think the first pair was was a. Uh, I don't think they showed it all the way, but Kim Myers when Jesse's like sucking on her tits, and then the Freddy tongue comes out in the cabana. Oh dear. Ugh. Let's throw tuggle down the throat. Ugh. That's nasty. Now, I hate to be nasty here, 
but if this wasn't a nightmare and just a regular dream per se and her tongue really was that long and she had multiple ones she could at least gave him some top and utilize it the right way i'm not saying listen let me shut up Yo, the bed, the mattress hit the side of the drop and caught on fire. <laughs> Damn. Joey's like, my ass is on fire. Help. Send help. Here we go. Freddie, like all this playtime fantasy island shit is over. Nah, Jason. Nancy gonna say who, Freddie? She's supposed to be the expert, right? This is actually when I would have started freaking out. Because this is some escape room type shit with the walls closed. Oh, yeah. Yep. I would have started freaking the fuck out. Nope. Don't play. I don't play around with the claustrophobic shit. Like, did you guys get into that cannabis oil again? Everybody knocked out here. Damn, they got a tube in my man's mouth. What fucking Martin Scorsese movie extra was this guy? Yeah, these kids are fucked up. What you mean? Damn. I'm sorry, Neil. I'm afraid you brought it on yourself. Shut up. I I cannot fucking stand her, yo. It really doesn't help that she really reminds me of an elementary school teacher, but I can't fucking stand Elizabeth. Damn, for you to be so invested in these kids and to be such an expert, Neil, that's the only shit you had in your office to take that little ass box? To put in that little ass Mazda trunk. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He had more boxes in there. I'm sorry. That was actually my fault. And you just happened to have a picture of 
with you and two of the kids that died in the movie so far. It's awfully convenient. Amanda Kruger just be popping up. She be drunk or high or whatever she does, whatever her preference is. Maybe it's shrooms. Because Amanda Kruger just pops up at the most random times. I will say this, though. Um, people can say what they want about Neil. Uh, he does get on my fucking nerves in this movie as well. Um, I don't hate him, but he, he he just gets on my nerves in some scenes. His scenes of disbelief and um, stuff like that. But he is way more effective than that guy. Um, Marty Palmer was his name, and 976 Evil did commentary for that if y'all want to check it out. But when he's like, yeah, I work for Modern Miracle Magazine, and he's just a fake-ass detective just trying to find an inside scoop of why fish fell out the sky in the movie, it's like, fuck off. Neil is way more effective than... You know, at least Neil, to be honest, you got to give Neil credit, man, uh, regardless how you feel about the guy, because he saves, he does save the day. You know, holy water and a crucifix, man. Straight up. He really does. Shout out to my boy, Neil. What? <laughs> she just looks terrifying. They actually do that chant in um, Freddy's Dead during the backstory where Freddy kills a hamster and the kids start chanting, son of a hundred maniacs, son of a hundred. Like it or not, uh, whether no matter what, how people feel about the entries throughout the series, I know there's a fan base for every, ser uh, every entry and a lot of people hate certain entries, straight up hate them, but Nightmare on Elm Street has a... Has a it has a pretty decent sense of continuity uh, at the end of the day. It's it's not perfect, but it's not terrible either. It's got better continuity than um it might have better continuity than Halloween, man. I don't know. And it might have better continuity than Friday the 13th for sure.
but y'all know y'all know what my uh, perfect continuity horror series is ever. That's Saul. That series is they make sure you don't miss a beat. Ugh. Them cuts. Ugh. Put some Neil Sporin on that shit. Let's go talk to him. I don't think he'd be trying to restrain these kids. He just, this fucking greaseball creep just be wanting to just touch people. That's right. There you go, Kristen. Fuck everybody. She said you're killing us. She is though. Did Taryn and Joey just walk out of the same room? Or Taryn and um uh, Will just walk out of the same room? Will was getting a little lap dance action that he couldn't feel, but it still counts. I see you, Will. I see you, buddy. John Saxon, ladies and gentlemen. The late great. Who also came back in the series for a new nightmare. It's like, yeah, you were just in here this morning. I was too fucking drunk to even notice. Was that a high life he got? And again, and again, she's like, Daddy, he's going to do this into the movie where they forget all this happened, and our, our acting avatars are going to be at risk here. Just a job and a wife. She almost ran into that pillar. She was so pissed off. Neil can't even chase after her fast enough with that tight ass suit blazer on he got. <laughs> he can't even breathe in that shit. 
I'm sorry, I just realized. Never mind. You gotta come right away, it's Kristen. She had a total shit attack. Sims doped her up and put her in the quiet room. Shit attack, huh? Let's start using that. Look how scared Kincaid and Will look in the background. He's like, all right, let me, he's like, let me, let me, let me act for real now. Let me get my, you know, put my game face on <laughs> for this guy. Hey, buddy. I don't know if you care whether Nancy lives or dies, but I do. It's like, get the fuck off me, Nick. You and I are going on a little scavenger hunt. Look at the size difference. Yo, John Saxon would have beat that ass, yo. He's like, do you know I was in fucking kung fu movies back in the day? John, John Saxon, man, Neil probably had the advantage because he was sober. John Saxon was in that bar getting mangled. <laughs> but the way he... The, <laughs> The way he fucking, he's like, unhand me, you bitch-ass motherfucker. Like, don't you ever put your hands on me like that again. That would have been, I would do that. Um, if I did a Dream Warriors reboot. Not a direct sequel, but if you recast John Saxon's character. You have to have him and Neil fight. Damn, he, was, he poured all that out in front of a church. Drinking and driving. Pulling up to a church. Now what day was this? Because it's night, it's pure nighttime, and there's two people in the church just praising the Lord. Oof, man! Uh, again, elementary school. This kind of looks like the church that there was a church like down the path to the elementary school I went to. Because it was a Episcopalian elementary school. I don't know what the hell that means to this day. I just kind of ran along with it when I was a kid because I didn't know any better. Uh, don't know what it is to this day, but there was a church. You know, we used to have this thing called chapel. Chapel and chorus. <laughs> oh, man. Go. Oh. Now, what happened if you got pulled over? They would see John Saxon in the car like, Thompson? Donald Thompson? Oh, y'all good, man. Go ahead. You going after Freddy's Bones? All right. Happy trails. Gotta love Max, man. The way he said my my kids been dying. Up. Max gave a fuck about these kids, man. He did. Can I say goodbye to the others? I don't know. It'll be my last chance. Okay, you got five minutes during the TV. Kikade's he's he put his hand on the wall where the TV you know where Jennifer died at. 
Kincaid was looking at the wall like, how the fuck did she jump up into the screen? Not gonna lie to y'all, I wanna do my um I wanna do my child's play commentary because it's Alex Vincent's birthday. Um But I also wanna do that. I wanna do commentary for nothing but trouble, man. I've been wanting to do that for a while. And when Shock G died, one of my favorite podcast uh, shows, uh shout out Double Toasted, they did a bad movie review for nothing but trouble and they tore that shit to shreds, but I fucking love that movie, man. It's hilarious. But I really want to do commentary for that movie. I'm telling my watch list is disrespectful because there's so many movies I haven't seen. People. I'd have been like, well, listen, can you tag me in or something? I'm in. Me too. Let's go kick the motherfuckers' ass all over Dreamland. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, we have to stay together whatever happens. It's the only way we can beat him. Yeah, man. And Nancy said it too, man. They had to stay together. That's why I said, it, how, how dope would it have been? To see the Dream Warriors whoop Freddy's ass like in a um, you know, like in a in a in a in a, in a, in a circle, just put Freddy through the kangaroo line, and everybody give him a bit of their powers, and so they just kick his ass out somewhere. Only the sound of your heart beating. I think there was a treatment in part six, or there was an unused script or treatment that they had where it was some shit like the Dream Police and the dead. Uh, the you know the dead children of Elm Street would fuck Freddy up in the dream and stuff. I don't know. It was a bunch of crazy liberties that they took with the unused uh, ideas for Nightmare on Elm Street and unused scripts. But that's one of the things that I love about this series is that, and that's one of the problems I had with the with the reboot was that you literally have free reign to who the fuck is going to question anything in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I know we do because we're so seasoned to the first couple films. Or the rules that the first movie set up. But you can do whatever the fuck you want in these movies. It's a dream world. There are no fucking rules in a dream realm. How do we find him, Oh. Uh, you know, I just proved my point. Yeah, there are no there are no rules in there, man. Now they did, they changed this music up because I remember my original VHS copy, this music was different when she wakes back up. 
She's like, I, I I was trying to wait for BET Uncut to come on, you know? Tip drill, I heard, is really good. That just gave me PTSD flashbacks of uh, BET Uncut. Staying up till like 2, 3 a.m. to watch Tip Drill, people. God damn it. And I mean, it was worth it when I was when I was younger. I'll leave it at that. Once again, we are joined by my cat Jazzy people. He always scares the shit out of me when he creeps up on me like this, but he's actually been joining me for quite a few recent commentaries. Now, Taryn obviously is in one of the darkest alleyways you can find in Kensington or Allegheny Avenue in Philadelphia. So this shit is nothing new to me. This looks, uh, this looks all too familiar. Sure, who that actor was? Oh, oh, did she have something attached, or did she learn how to flip those knives like that? This fight should have been out in a reboot. I would have made this fight way better choreographed and way longer. Taryn with the knives, Freddy with the one glove. Oh no! Oh, this what is it? That that blue, that blue shit. He got that blue moon up in them syringes. Nope. Oh fuck! No 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 no. That's just that's. Mm -mm. Oh fuck! Shit! Oh, the way that vein popped up on the side of her. Oh god! It's, oh, y'all know, needles just, blah, blah, blah. booga, 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 and the fact that her, oh, her, her, uh, you know, her track marks started opening up and shit, and they, they look like mouths, like, ugh. oh, God. 
Now this right here, this soul sequence with Will and becoming the Wizard Master and getting chased down by um, you know, this crazy ass uh demonic ass spiked up wheelchair uh from a BDSM uh horror porn video. This is if Rob Zombie would have directed Harry Potter. Chair just did a donut. Not a donut, but a 180 pretty much. You don't get your fake ass Julian Sands warlock ass cosplay out of here. <laughs> Yo, this shit. This is fucking priceless, man. He's looking like, wait, what? My powers didn't work. Mm. Shit, he he dug into there too. But this man, this is the thing that pissed me off. Freddy was killing them off one by one when they went into the dream realm with their powers. So it really wasn't shit. You know, all of this. In my dreams, I can walk, and I am the wizard master. In my dreams, I'm beautiful and bad. In my dreams, I could do acrobatics and shit that I should have learned in gym class in high school. And it's like, Kincaid's just like, in my dreams, I got roid rage. But they get fucked up when they're in the dream realm against Freddy. Now, I guess, um, I guess at this point in horror movies, we weren't used to, to really seeing our uh, iconic slashers get an ass whooping served on a silver platter like come on bro the suspenders it's like new no, don't do that Still a badass though. He the first one to really call out for I mean when Nancy did it in the first movie. But it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Nancy was the first one to call out Freddy when she's like, Come on, Freddy, can't you catch me? Hey Freddy, come and get me. She's taunting him. And um Kincaid is probably the second person to do that, where he's just he's literally just taking his liberties. Talking shit to Freddy. First of all, I got bad vertigo, so I'm not going down that fucking spiral staircase that leads into hell. Y'all got me chopped. And again, um, I, I gotta I gotta mention continuity in the Nightmare on Elm Street series again because this same junkyard is where Kincaid dies at in the the fourth movie. Um, you know, Freddy's bones are buried in there, the same place Neil put them. 
and he's brought back to life by a dog's fire piss but it's still the same junkyard like the continuity ha- is is there like it or not in the Nightmare on Elm Street series I can appreciate it every movie goes its own way but they they make sure that they they make tie up loose ends or answer some questions some sometimes not all the time but y'all get it Not only did they bury Freddy's bones in there, but they buried it in the fucking John Carpenter Christine car. I know it's not Christine, but I'm just, it looks like it from here. Come on, Neil, eat that spinach, man. that part because Neil Neil knew he would try to rabbit out of there he's like motherfucker my wife died in 1984 in the first movie don't you know We got to play in here in Hell's Boiler Room to save Joey's ass? Obviously, he's quite comfortable where he's at. Get tight, we're walking pretty much. It's a lot going on, man. Kincaid's like, Yo, I got you. I'm gonna just grab your panty line and just pull both of y'all up real quick. There you go, bro. Oh, let's see. Mmm. This scene was always disgusting right here. With, oh, Freddy pulls it. First of all, 
Kincaid's strength ain't got shit on Freddy because Freddy's still lifting Kincaid off the ground and pulling this this spike out of his stomach at the same time. It's disgusting. Oh, this is nasty. And then he licks it after this, I think. Yeah, he licks it. It's nasty as shit. Disgusting. Now, this was the first time that we saw uh, Freddy's chest of souls. Um, we see it again in its full glory in part uh, four, the next one. And we see a soul pizza in part four. I, I, I want to say we see it in part five, but I don't think so. And I don't think we see it in uh, Freddy's Dead either. Or New Nightmare. But the chest of souls was always a big deal because... You know, when Freddy kills somebody, he he he's like he's like the dream version of Shang Tsung. He's the dream demon version of Shang Tsung. He takes he takes people's souls. This is a, a, a yeah. It's time to start panicking. I like that shot of uh, John Saxon right there. They did the same shot on the shame. The same shot on Neil. I like that shot right there. Now. While this is my favorite in this favorite sequel, Freddy breaks rules in every movie. Like, let's keep it a bean. How did he resurrect himself through the bones? And he breaks rules in every movie. So if you have to single one out, you have to single all of them out. Hmm. Good night, Donald. Damn. <laughs> Yo. Now we know the effects don't hold up in this scene well at all. <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? He just turned back into a pile of bones, huh? What was he carrying Joey for? Ew, Freddy.
I love how Freddie caught the uh, caught his fist when he was in mid punch. Is that his dream power when he could all he could speak before? But you know, whatever. It's over. This would have been a lot of pressure on Joey had he. It really would have been over at this point, because um, he'd have been like, "Yo, I stopped him alone." Because in the sequel, when Freddie came back, they'd have been like, "Joey, you stopped them before. Tell us what you did." And everybody would have just stared at him. It would have been that awkward silence. Crossed over, crossed over with John Edwards. Oh, how sweet the happy ending straight out of a Disney MCU movie. Damn. <laughs> yo, Freddy does not like Nancy. He said, you'll die. <laughs> Fucking everybody up. <laughs> He's tired of it. Ugh. Now is that the first time in the series that Fred, the first of two times that Freddy has been stabbed with his own um, with his own glove? Oh no 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 no! Uh, the the first of three times because he got stabbed in this. Um, Lisa Zane stabbed him with his glove in Freddy's Dead towards the end, where he's like, "Put it on, let Daddy show you how to use it." And then in Freddy vs. Jason, technically is a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Jason stabbed that motherfucker with his whole arm with the glove attached to it. Nancy's like, okay, I can die now. Fuck it. <laughs> she just died right away. This shit, this part gets me now. God damn it, man. I'm, yo, I'm sorry. That part fucking destroys me every time, yo. Like, I get like a little, like, you know, I get, I, I get that feeling. Because it seems like Patricia Arquette wasn't acting. Or if she was, of course she was, but it seems like whatever she pulled that from was somewhere deep-rooted of a loss that she experienced in real life, because that is so realistic. And she's like, I'm going to, she said, I, I won't let you die, I, you know, I'll, I'll dream you into a beautiful dream forever and ever, and it's just like, whoo, 
Ooh, I'm alright. I'm good, y'all. And again, this is one of the reasons why I don't... It's not that I didn't like Tuesday Night. Like, y'all can check out my commentary for The Dream Master, the sequel, and see how I felt about that. It's just weird that Patricia Arquette... We got so attached to her character in this movie just for her not to come back and be recast. Like, it's just not the same. No shit, Sherlock. Took Neil all this motherfucking time. He thought that this nun was just popping up. You know, because she used to gangbang with Sally Field back when Sally Field was a flying nun. He thought that she just popped up back in the day. Or just or popped up from back in the day like, yeah, I know about Freddy Krueger. I know his whole bio. I went on IMDb and Wikipedia. It's like, nigga. See? Oh, man. People, we, we survived. We survived yet another nightmare. Wait, what nightmare is this? We've done commentary for Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. We've done commentary for the Dream Warriors and the... Or not, yeah, Dream Warriors today, but I'm saying prior to that. We've done commentary for the Dream Master and the Dream Child, if I'm not mistaken. I really want to say we did the Dream Child, too. Uh, we did, but, you know... Nonetheless, people, um, I give this movie, I give it a nine and a half out of ten, uh, as far as the sequel goes. You know why? Because what keeps it from a ten is the fact that Freddy was not as scary as he was in the first two movies. He was not as intimidating as he was in the first two movies. But, um, nonetheless, man, this had way better characters I could attach myself to than the first two movies and I love the characters in the first two movies but these characters is just like the outcasts the the rebels the the socially awkward like I can relate to that type of shit man that's why I said this is the one that they need to reboot um you know if they ever think about doing a reboot you know I don't know what's going on with the with the rights and the all that type of legal battle type shit I, I really don't like to read about it because it's really depressing because I feel like they should just keep making movies for the fans and you know not necessarily cash grab after cash grab but they should take their time out especially with something like Nightmare on Elm Street which like I said you have the most creative and inventive liberties to take as far as a Hollywood friend listen if you're New Line Cinema, if you are Bob Shea, you should be honored to have your hands on a character in a franchise such as Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street because you literally can do whatever you want. Like I said, nobody can question what happens in a movie that's centered around a dream demon who kills you in your dreams, but we still do that anyway because it's like, wait, he couldn't do that in the first movie. The first movie set the rules. The second movie broke the rules you know two movies in they break the rules so I, you know I can that's why I said safe to say I don't truly hate any entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street series it's just some of them rank where they rank however this is a strong uh, you know what was that rating I just gave it was it a nine and a half out of ten yeah but uh, I, I feel like I have legitimate reasons for not giving it a ten. But that's not to that's not to take away from the fact that this is literally the best sequel in um, in the entire series. So uh, first and foremost, happy belated birthday to um, Ken Sagos. Thank you, Chuck Russell, for uh, for you know uh, chipping in on this script and directing this film. 
rest in peace to the late great Wes Craven it would have been awesome to see him have a bigger hand in this film and see what we would have got differently but I'm actually cool with with what we got entirely you know shout out to uh, Heather Landcamp, Patricia Arquette uh, Rodney Eastman I'm tagging everybody in here Jennifer Rubin I'm tagging everybody on Instagram hopefully y'all tune in and listen to the commentary man hopefully y'all enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it but you guys already know where to go at this point man and if y'all don't which y'all should, but if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Podbean. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs, and shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Horror Virus. And last but not least, shout out to the two, the reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. Like I said, this was kind of like an impromptu commentary um, just to warm me up for like whatever commentary I was going to do for Child's Play later on, because I do want to do something for Alex Vince's birthday. Happy birthday. Shout out to him as well. But this was something to just warm me up and, you know, to 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 pass through the time when um, actually in here, my cat joined us for a little bit. He didn't say much. You know, he's not a people person. Uh, being as though he's an animal, but he doesn't talk all that all that much. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I, I really hope you guys enjoy this, man. And if you guys haven't, you know, I gotta keep uh, I gotta keep promoting this episode, man. If you guys have not listened to um, my interview with Vier, my little brother, uh, you know, if you guys have not listened listened to that, please tune into that episode, man. Uh, and please follow Vier on Instagram and whatever other platforms he's on. I'm not sure how many social media platforms he has, but I know Instagram is definitely his music page and follow him on SoundCloud and every other platform because his album Epiphany is definitely out now. So you guys definitely need to check that out. And you guys can check out my, um, you know, my review I did today for, uh, VFW, which is a, oh man, that is such a great fucking movie. I'm so glad I watched it. So, you know, there's plenty of episodes, you know, if y'all don't like those, then there's, listen, Trust me, there's a plethora of shit that you guys can dig through and, you know, pick your poison, basically, man. And y'all already know, man, the love and support y'all show me, I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor, another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.